What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to Geek 5 Live. Welcome, 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 everybody, to not Geek Vibe Live, but Top 10, a new episode tonight, and we're going to be talking about Top 10 cartoons from the 90s to about the mid-2000s, 90s to 2005, guys, and we're excited to dive right in. I mean, there have been so many great cartoons that came out on Cartoon Network, uh, Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, just to name a few channels, and so many more other obscure channels as well. I mean, WB had its lineup of cartoons. Oh my goodness, there's so much nostalgia. But I'm going to get right to our panel, guys. What's up, Juwan? How you doing tonight? Good, good, good. And I promise you, I promise you, audience and Leo, we will get a top 10 theme song. I'm still working on it, uh, getting it done. We will get a theme song for this show. Uh, so we don't have to keep confusing people, having them think Geek Vibes Live went from Sunday to Back to Saturday. <laughs> no worries, man. Hey, we're brother shows, so it all works out. Um, what's up, Isaac? What's up? What's up, Leo? How you doing, my friend? Oh, man, I'm good. How about you, brother? I am fantastic. I'm super ready to get into this topic. Uh, I'm hoping I can pull out some pretty decent ones today for you. Yeah, man, there's a lot. I mean, especially <laughs> within this time frame, whew, uh, you're pulling from so many very different big directions. Roster. Yeah, a oh, huge yeah. roster of great, great cartoons. And now we have our newest member to the panel, Chris. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, welcome in. Excited to talk about some 90s cartoons. I can't wait. I feel like I feel like I need a bowl of cereal, like it's necessary. Right. <laughs> We should all be we should all be eating cereal straight from. Oh the man, do y'all remember uh, Cookie Crisps? Oh my goodness, those were like oh, man. amazing. <laughs> Turn the milk to chocolate. Oh my goodness. But we're gonna get started on the top ten list real quick, and I'm gonna start with number ten. I'm gonna go to you, Isaac. Give us number ten of the top ten best cartoons of the '90s to early 2000s. All right, top ten. Well, first, if we're going to go with number ten, I think um, since it's relatively popular, but I still want to make sure it gets included on this list. Um, I don't think it's one of the best, but I think it's fantastic. There's a point in this list. Uh, would be Courage the Cowardly Dog. Um, I believe that started in the early 2000s, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Courage yeah. was early 2000s. Yeah. So I think Care the Cowardly Dog absolutely deserves a spot on this list. Um, the way I was able to – I was a creepy kid. Uh, I liked really dark and macabre things growing up, and Courage was definitely one of the more macabre but yet child-friendly shows that could have been on the network. Sometimes I don't understand how it's some, something, some things slipped past the censors because, geez, they were super dark, but – 
I think it was uh, easily one of my favorite cartoons of the early 2000s. I could escape from it, and I could see all the scary things that my mom didn't want me to see for real in, like, rated R movies. They were just all there, and some of those episodes are so emotionally traumatizing that I could not, I would never be able to not talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, man, you put it very well. Uh, Those were some creepy, creepy episodes, man. Uh, Courage was definitely one of my favorites. Um, It's on my list as well. Uh, I I put it a little bit higher, but it is, it was just nerve wracking, man. Like watching that, watching that uh, show was just, almost hard to get through in some of the episodes. Like, I remember that Return to Slab episode when that guy had that, like, weird oh, kind of ghostly figure. That was, that was nuts, dude. Like, I'm pretty sure I had nightmares for weeks thinking about that one. But it just, it was, like, very simple in story, but, like, there was always this cool new creature in every single episode. So it really, like, gave you a variety of characters and a variety of creatures to keep you really entertained throughout the whole thing. You know, it never felt like courage was getting old. Um, no, so I, I'm definitely going to go with a yes, my man. Like that's a classic for me. When I think of cartoon network, like, and I think of like top 10, especially like cart, especially cartoon network, I would say top five, but yeah, top 10, definitely courage yeah. the cowardly dog is on it for me. So I'm going, yes. Um, sure. I'll go to you, Juwan. What do you think? Um, I know I'm going to get uh, crucified for this, but I um, I actually haven't seen uh, Courage outside of five episodes. Um, that show oh, at that time... Really? Yeah, no, no, it, it wasn't because I didn't like it. It just really gave me uh, the heebie-jeebies and really bad nightmares. So okay, my mom wouldn't let me uh, continue to watch it. It was a very terrifying show. I felt for myself at that time, um, but I have since then gone back and watched uh, more episodes. I haven't like obviously seen every episode, but I, I went back and excuse me. As an adult, I can appreciate uh, what that was trying to do for that time, and that was pretty much get as close to scaring kids as you legally could on a cartoon show. Uh, and it was great for what it did. Uh, Muriel was hilarious. Um, was it Eustace? I think was his name. He was yeah. hilarious. Um, and then just Courage. He was just a wimp. Like <laughs> I just I I I love everything about Courage. His name was Courage, but he always seemed to be a wimp at at like every turn. Uh, so so much about the show was just funny to me looking back. Um, so I'm gonna say yes because I think uh, what a lot of people forget is. Courage is one of the uh, original shows of Cartoon Network. Uh, back when it was kind of like Johnny Bravo stuff, it was one of the more original shows uh, of Cartoon Network, excuse me, for them to launch themselves. So I think just off of the pure nostalgia of the show, just because of how great it was for, for back then, I'm going to say yes. But I have to be honest in saying I think I've only seen maybe 15 to 20 episodes. Well, hey, I mean, at least you agree it's a great cartoon, like, especially being able to go back and watch it, like, the rewatchability value of Courage the Cowardly Dog is huge. Like, I can Uh, go back right now and binge through a couple episodes and just laugh laugh my ass off. Like, it's it's good no matter what age you are. Um, How about you, Chris? What do you think, man? Uh... 
I've actually never seen an episode of that cartoon. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, wow. it's, it's really good. Yeah. Um, I think That's it's really... Uh, yeah. What's that, Isaac? Continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, um, it gets very dark, um, and it gets very uh, almost surrealistic. Does, does anyone does anyone think that? Like it has like a surreal type of like reality bending feel to it. Oh yeah, yeah man. It, yeah. it gets it gets kind of up there. Like I I would say I'm able to handle it now, but like as a child, woof, it was yeah it was a lot. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, so we're gonna go I ahead and go and back and it. check it out. Is that what you guys are telling yeah. me? Yeah. Yeah. Go, go check it out, man. Please do. Definitely. I think it's on Hulu, if I'm not mistaken. But it, I mean, you can get through a couple episodes in like an hour. Uh, probably like three or four in like an hour. I think it so comes it? on Boomerang also. If if you have Boomerang, Chris. Oh yeah. Right Hulu. Yep. I'll check it out. Right on. Yeah, let us know what you think, man. Uh, it's a really good show. And I don't think it even is that long. Like, I don't think there's that many seasons. But... There's about so, there's about somewhere between six to eight seasons. Um, yep. And they're uh, all pretty but, short. Believe it or not, man, there was only four. Really? Four seasons? Yeah, there was only four seasons. felt like it went longer yeah. than that. Yeah, it didn't run too long. I think it was like a new episode or a new season a year for a little while, and then they uh, then it ran reruns for for a long time. So it kind of felt like there was more, but it wasn't. You know, it was only four seasons then rerun. All right. But number ten, we got Courage of Cowardly Dog, y'all. All right, I'm gonna go to you next, Jerome, for number nine. What are we looking at for number nine on the list? All right, for number nine, I'm going with the show that I just saw comes on a little later tonight, so I'm setting it to record because I, <clears throat> I miss it. And I'm going Kids Next Door. That oh, show man. completely embodied what every kid felt like, and that was becoming an adult was possibly one of the worst things <laughs> you could ever do. Uh, we're not even not even just an adult like uh, started like. Uh, not really accepting people when they got around that 16, 17, 18 age. Um, it just it, it embodied, right, yeah, it embodied what, um, you know, the the spirit of a kid. I mean, they, they had a villain that was a dentist. They had a villain that was a teacher. Like, they just were so anti-adult. Um, I loved it. I loved everything about that show. Um the, I always loved how the, the episodes would kind of be titled after whatever weird uh, creation that they were coming up with for that episode mm-hmm. as far as like a weapon or something. Uh, and then how they would break down what each letter meant. Like, it was just so much about that show I thought it was so great. And the cast was, was hilarious. Um, and to me, I always wanted to be number one. He was just, I think his name was Nigel. Uh, yep. <laughs> He was just to me. He was he was the heart and soul of that team, and he was just hilarious. Um, but yeah, I, I think Kids Next Door definitely deserves a spot on this list. Uh, yeah, man, no doubt. That was actually going to be my first entry. Uh, I loved Kids Next Door. <laughs> um, fun fact: uh, Mark Hamill was Sticky Beard 
on Kids Next Door. Yeah. 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 Another role under. Yeah, man. Another animated role under Mark Hamill's belt, dude. He uh he did Sticky Beard, and I agree, yeah. man. Number one was like the shiz. Like he was he was everything. And then when they had that Operation Zero episode. And you yeah. figured out his dad was number zero? Like, that episode was just ultimate, man. Um, and they had um, they had D. Uh, Bradley Baker, who was uh, the voice of number four. As, for anyone who doesn't know who D. Bradley Baker is, shame on you. Uh, not only is he the voice of Klaus from American Dad, he also was the voice of um, Captain Rex in Star Wars The Clone Wars. Oh, I oh, did not right. know he was Rex. That's dope. Yeah. So neat. Colorado too. Yeah. Oh no 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 no. Uh, D. Bradley, uh, Indiana. I think I think it's saying here. Indiana. Is it Indiana? From Colorado. Oh. No, I'm sitting here, Bloomington, Indiana. But he grew up here. Oh, okay. I got you're right. But yeah, man, uh, hands, <laughs> hands down, Kids Next Door has to be number nine. Like, hands down, dude. Um, and I just, I loved all the little weapons and stuff they would come up with. Like, I think that was one of my favorite parts of the show was the actual gadgets, gadgets themselves. <laughs> like, the cool little acronyms they have for them. Now they just spelled it out every single letter. That was, it was, it was a great show, man. So I'm a yes. Isaac, I'm going to go to you next. What you think? Oh, abs- oh yeah, no, absolutely, like 100%. I love The Kids Next Door. I thought it was such a really neat, hands-on kind of approach to how, uh, how kids uh, view childhood and as they grow up. Um, I, loved, I, I, I really loved the, uh, <laughs> the dialogue they had with the teenagers. Um, I thought the dialogue they had was like, because normally what it was was they, they cut you off from the kids next door at 13, but there are certain operatives that never lost a childlike spirit that they keep on until they're like 20. And I thought that was really interesting because you had the teenagers who were warring against the kids and you had the kids with teenage insiders. And uh, no, and, and absolutely. And, and, and the only thing I ever, I never, I never liked about the kids next door was the fact that they were all easily taken down in one episode. It was an hour long, but they were taken down by Mandy from the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. And it was so easy for her. <laughs> they hated it. Oh, my God. I forgot about that crossover episode. Yeah. To yeah. be fair, Mandy she over very diabolical. Original. She's evil. She's straight evil. Love her, but evil. Could you... Could you... <laughs> Could you, Isaac, could you picture an episode where Mandy, Stewie, and Roger all were, like, like supposed to, like, take each other out? Like, how, how diabolical that episode would be if you put those three together in the same room? Oh, man. And the worst part is, is that with that scenario brought up, I still don't know who's going to win that either. I'd have to <laughs> I heard, about that for a I while. Heard Mandy, I heard Mandy I and Oh, I said, I said Mandy... Stewie and um, Roger from American Dad. Yeah. Oh, ho, 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 ho. 
Yeah, I don't know. There'd, there'd be no winners. <laughs> there'd be no winners in that. None whatsoever. They're all evil and petty as well. So <laughs> exactly, <laughs> they're the highest forms of petty. Roger <laughs> more so than the others, though. Oh, absolutely. And you know, you know what was crazy about Kids Next Door, Isaac? You mentioned uh, the teenagers and how some yeah. specific members of the Kids Next Door got to continue on after the age of 13. Well, yeah, number one went to the Galactic Kids Next Door, and they never brought it back. Like, I was kind of pissed off. I was like, all right, maybe one episode to see, you know, what had happened at that point. Because they had all the yeah. interviews, the post-interviews with all the other kids next door in the future. They had brought them back temporarily. Um, and they had told their stories and talked about what they were up to then. I would have loved to see number one. They didn't oh, deliver on an ending so bad. They didn't deliver on an ending so good. I, I was no. disappointed. There, there was like no closure for that character, I, I thought. Um, at I least think, uh, the other characters. Yeah, I mean, things things come and things go. You know, at at that point, they're yeah. probably just done with it. But it had it ran for a good little healthy six seasons uh, under its mm-hmm. belt with a couple of movies and specials. So it ran for a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. Uh, so we got two two yeses so far. Chris, what do you think, man? Kids next door. <laughs> Never seen an episode. <laughs> I'm aware nice. of it. I, I, I know it exists. I've never seen an episode, but I'll give it a yes just because you sold me on it. I've looked it up while you guys were talking, and I'm gonna check it out. It looks cool. Man, that one is super good. Um, I caught myself in a frenzy of episodes, probably like a couple weeks from today. And I caught the that I caught that Operation Zero and just I, I went through like four or five episodes like oh shit I gotta get to bed but um it's an addicting show it's really good and the kids are super creative so it's got a great rewatchable value to it awesome I'll definitely right. check it out all right y'all so we're looking at Courage the Cowardly Dog for number ten Kids Next Door at number nine. And I'm going to go with number eight. Uh, I'm going to go with Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Um, that was probably one of my favorite favorites as a kid um, on Cartoon Network. And it just the hilarious schemes that these guys will pull every single episode was <laughs> they were so unforgettable um, in that I could almost go back and watch every single episode and forget the schemes because they were so good. I mean, I to be honest with you, it's like, geez. These are so creative. They still feel fresh. Um, I love Ed with his, his great lines like gravy and butter toast. It just brings back nostalgia talking about it. Uh, like I said, the guys were just, they were hilarious. And then the whole the whole neighborhood and the weird theories that surround the neighborhood being like kids who are dead and whatnot. It, it's, it's, there's some weird theories out there about Ed and Eddie, but that one's just kind of a classic, so I want to throw that one on the list. Uh, I'm going with Ed and Eddie for number eight. Uh, I'm going to bounce to you, Isaac. What do you think, man? Absolutely. Oh, man. Um, that's actually a – so I guess full disclosure, now that we're here, before I actually called in today, I was listening to Back to My Horse on a 10-hour relay. 
Um, <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> um, let's, let's put it that way, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I, I derived a lot of my uh, comedic styles and my, the, my taste in humor from Ed and Nettie. I thought it was like, this is stupid and hilarious all the way through, and it's it's almost like Cartoon Network's version of Deadpool, really, because the fourth wall breaks in that show are crazy immaculate. I cannot believe half the time. They even mention writers' conveniences, and they're like, well, we have to do this because they move as a plot board. And then no one says anything. It's just, it's just still. There's so many nods to the outside world as well as the inside world, and they didn't have to exploit pop culture to do it either, which was kind of rare for that for that time period, I think. It's rare for any time period, but super rare for them. And um, the array of characters were perfect. Um, you had Kevin, who was like the perfect douche. Uh, you know, he was like the, the, the ultimate mean guy. And the, the big, he was just a big bully on the block. And I, I liked his character a whole lot. Every time he yelled, dorks, I'd like, Scream with laughter. I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> And um, I'm glad you mentioned I those apologize. theories. No, you're fine. Um, I'm glad you mentioned those theories too, uh, Leo, because I was super obsessed with uh, the Ed and Nettie purgatory theories. I was also super yeah, uh, into the theory that, you know, you had the Canker Sisters and they were like the they devil the demons of the purgatory. Yeah. Canker? Canker sisters? Yeah. The Canker sisters. Right. Or what were, what were their names? Marie, Lee, and Lee May? and May. Yeah, and May. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, this deserves a spot on that list. Uh, it's not even a question for me. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, and you had, yeah. like, another good character was Rolf. Like, he was... He was hilarious, man. <laughs> he was yeah, a uh, old farmer. <laughs> and he was just, every the time he was just going, hey, boys, like, it was just funny, dude. And the boys! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that that show, I agree with you on the humor in, like, it's, it's a lot of, like, what I think is funny and pretty random, goofy humor like that. And it just had its own fresh, original style. It didn't really need to borrow from anything or anyone, you know. It kind of just did its own thing. Um, yeah. Jawan, I'm gonna go to you next, man. What do you think, Ed, Ed, Nettie? I actually was not allowed to watch this show, so I've actually never oh. seen an episode of Ed, Ed, Nettie. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I have nothing to add, so I'm not gonna say no or yes because I've actually never seen an episode. Oh, right. Uh, you weren't allowed well, I feel was it, like, inappropriate? Now. Yeah, my mom, I, I had a childhood friend uh, who was like a year or two older than me, and his uh, mom wouldn't let him watch it, so our mom's like really close friends. So oh. when she told him he couldn't watch it, my mom was like, why? It's a cartoon. And then his mom was saying like there was some adult-like humor in it and stuff like that that she just wasn't a fan of. So then my mom, I guess, just by, you know, you know, by by trusting her or whatever, was like, yeah, you know what? I don't want you watching it either. And I was just like, okay. I mean, but at that time, there were, like, so many other cartoons to watch. I didn't really care. Uh, but my friend loved that, loved Ed, Ed, and Eddie. 
Um, and now I kind of feel like horrible that I never went back and tried to see what was so great about it. Uh, I do know the one character, Plank. I, I do know I, I saw Plank um, the one time he was watching it, and I loved Plank. Um, outside of that, outside of Plank, okay, so hold on, let me say this. I, I do know two things. I know Plank, and I know that one of them or all three of them loves Jawbreakers. That's all that I. That's all that I remember. It's all three. All three. Right. Yep. Yeah. They yeah. used to share it. Yeah. They used to share it. Yeah. That's all I remember. That's all I remember. <laughs> all right. So that's a uh, not a no, but not a yes. Um, Chris, what about you, man? Okay. I'm in the game. I've seen this. I'm aware of this. So I say yes for everything everybody else just said. I'll keep it real quick. All right, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's just so, Jawan. I'm telling it's goofy, you, man. Like, it's, I'm gonna have to. Oh, go right in, man. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. It's just it's goofy. You don't take it serious. It doesn't take itself serious. I remember coming home from a uh, long shift at work, and my roommates we would just laugh our butts off. Uh, so yeah, I think it's something that it's. If you just want a mindless entertainment, I think that it'll suit you. Put it on the background. Don't 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 dig into it too much. The theories are cool, but just have fun. Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, it's like you were saying. It's not it's not too serious or anything. It's just some funny, hilarious humor that you don't have to think too much about. It's just super right. goofy. Exactly. Juwan, I'm going to have to hook you up with a link or something, my man. Like, we got to get you on this Ed and Eddie ship here. Because let me tell you, dude, one of the classics of Cartoon Network. One of the classics. So I gotta yeah, no, like that. I said, I'll definitely, uh, yeah, hook me up with the link. I'll definitely start to uh, watch some episodes. I'm surprised he doesn't come on Boomerang. Uh, you know, because Boomerang does all the old Cartoon Network shows. That's the only one of them that I, I haven't seen Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Uh, I haven't seen Ed, 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 and Eddie, I'm sorry, on that channel, so I wonder why. But, yeah, if you hit me up with the link, I'll definitely check out some episodes. Yeah, I'm wondering um, I'm wondering why it doesn't come on Boomerang. I know there's, it might have something to do with rights. I'm not entirely sure because it was on the time, around the time of Powerpuff Girls and stuff, and that comes on Boomerang, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, so it's on around that time, but I'll hook you up with a link, though. We'll get you. I'll set you right up, my man. But continuing forward, guys, we got Courage the Cowardly Dog at number 10, Kids Next Door at number 9, Ed, Ed, and Eddie at number 8. And then, Chris, I'm going to go to you, man. What do we have for number 7? All right. I've been shuffling them around a little bit. Uh, it's hard to narrow it down, but I'm going to stick with something that you guys probably would know right off the bat. And I'm going to say it's Recess. Ooh. Yeah. Does anybody, does anybody remember Recess? Or did I just hit, Absolutely. Like, oh, no, yeah, man. No, no, no. <laughs> you, um, no, no, no. Don't, don't, let, don't let that awkward silence uh, fool you. We, I, I, I think I... I I'm comfortable enough saying we all know recess. 
I personally oh, am a huge fan. Huge, huge, huge fan of Recess. Only issue I had with Recess was the same issue I had with every single cartoon in the 90s. And that was not every black person plays basketball. Basketball. That was the only issue. Oh, my gosh. That was the only issue I had about all the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind I, of I, I mean, am I am I lying, guys? Almost, think about think about almost every uh, cartoon that had a uh, you know a, a main character that was white and his his best friend that was black. It seemed like the black friend always played basketball. And to me, I just don't think that was. I mean, maybe it was, it was maybe either it was that common. or a sport of some kind. Right, or a sport of some kind. Like there was nothing else he could do but a sport, and right. it was just like, all right, come on now. Like, oh, come yeah. on now, guys. This this is crazy. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I loved Recess. Uh, the I remember the principal was always hilarious. Uh, I can't for the life of me remember the the characters' names. Um, I mean, I'm there with you. It's been a while. Yeah, I don't really. I remember certain episodes, but one that sticks with me even to this day. And I'll drop a bombshell on all of you guys. I'm a teacher now, so I remember these things a little bit different because I am in the building around kids and the way they think and things that they say to each other and how they play. It's really funny. But there's an episode where the kids get in trouble for cussing, and they invent a word <laughs> to substitute it, and it's womps. And I remember <laughs> being in middle school watching that episode, and I – Okay, so I'm an adult now, and I still say womps, that womps. And it just sticks with me. I remember there's, like, a montage of the kids, like, writing down, like, Wompy Womperson, and the teacher saying, you know, who's Wompy Womperson? And the kids are laughing because it's an inside joke. So it just stuck with me. It's always been there in the back of my mind. I think it's it's kind of fun, uh, and it's a little realistic. Those, those kid portrayals, there's, there's, like, one in every group. It, it, it's, it's real. It, it, it exists, and maybe not exactly the same way, but it's there. And you guys, if you can look deep in, like, maybe you guys can recognize one or two of the characters from your childhood. I think that's kind of what gets me. And I always look back on it because of that and want. Yeah, no, I, I think the the biggest reason why uh, I love I loved Recess and why I think it definitely deserves a spot on this list is Recess did something not every great cartoon was able to translate into, and that's making a successful movie. That movie was dope. I had no issues yeah, with that movie. I thought up. the movie was really well done. I think there's only been a handful of, especially from the 90s, um, a handful of cartoons, or even like the early 2000s, um, of cartoons that were able to translate into really good movies, uh, and Recess was one of them. Um, so yeah, like I said, if you're able to do that and it translates well, you definitely deserve a spot on this list. And listen, again, outside of that one issue I have with all the, the, the black characters that they had in the nineties, uh, recess definitely without a doubt, there's a spot on this list. Oh yeah, man. I mean, recess was good. The movie was good. Uh, I only remember uh, Miss Spencer and then that the main character TJ, but I can't remember the rest of their names. Um, I do, I did love that movie though, Jamon. Like as soon as you brought that up, I was like, man, that movie. <laughs> like that movie, I think I I watched that 
as a kid, probably a few too many times, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> I think I watched that every night for about two, three weeks when I got it on DVD. It was just so good. Um, and they did, like, the whole stakeout and everything. Like, and I think a, a, a nice thing that Recess did is it taught you lessons in most of the episodes. Like, it kind of gave you a little bit of a takeaway. Like, okay, okay, I get it. You're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to do that. All right. It was, it was respectable. Fresh and light. And so, right. Yeah. yeah. It's a I agree. Definite yes for me. Uh, Isaac, what about you, man? What do you think? Does Recess deserve a spot on the list? I think it deserves a spot on the list. I'm not as big a fan of Recess as um, <laughs> it seems that a majority of everyone is. Um, and that's fine. I just, I, 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 I want, I want to say no. Don't get me wrong. No, no, it's not, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it at all. I, I liked it. I guess it was like the most comfortable background noise I had. Um, there was something about watching. Mostly it was when Randall came into focus because um, I was like a super punk of a kid. And so every time I saw Randall, I'd be like, stop talking, you little snitch. Um <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh boy, God, I was so sick of looking at Randall's face. I was like, you're about to tell on everybody for no reason, bro. What, what is your problem? Do your parents not love you? I don't know. Right. <laughs> but, no, it's, either yeah. way, um, no, I thought it was pretty great. Um, and uh, I, I really like what, uh, Juan, what you said about it being able to translate into a super good movie. Because you're right. Nothing really translated well into movies at that time, especially if they would start on television and then they wanted to go there. Um, and I, I really liked the way that they did it. It was funny because I was really tired of alien movies or anything alien related at the time. I had just overdosed on like alien related content. And the research movie came out and I was like, huh, this has to do with UFOs too? That's kind of neat. I'm also not bored. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like I would rate it lower on the list than this, but I still think that recess definitely deserves a spot here. I think it had a lot of potential, the way it navigated its storylines and the way it navigated its characters so well. It didn't even make the fat kid feel be felt bad about being fat. And it didn't make the the ROTC kid this big, beefed-out, muscular guy. Instead, Gus is this little wimp, but he wants to serve his country and make his daddy proud so bad. And I love that kid. Yeah, man. I mean, Recess, it was good. Like, you can't deny that that was a, a great show. Um, and when I when I think of top ten cartoons, that's definitely on there for me, man. Nah. But we're going to keep the ship moving, and I'm going to go right to you, Isaac, for number six. Number six. Man, I'm going to go have to go. I really am going to have to go with uh, the Powerpuff Girls here. Um, I think the Powerpuff Girls was a really great show. Um, I don't rate it so high on the list because um, – I guess I don't high, I don't rate it so high on the list, just just because there were just some issues that I had with it, some weird little things that I don't even remember anymore. But there was something about the show that kind of made me wince every once in a while. But it was super funny once the older I got, and I don't know why I was so angry with it because there were so many jokes that they managed 
to get past us. I felt really dumb that it took me about like 12 years to realize that Sedusa was not just a play on Medusa. <laughs> it slipped past me because they made her so casual. The villain design is so good in the show. You can't just not watch it without rooting for the villain at least one time. You can't. The villains are too good. And I think that's why it's on this list is because the villains are fantastic. So, yeah. Oh, man, you talk about the villains. Yeah, that's that's the first thing when I think of the Powerpuff Girls. I'm like, Mojo Jojo. Like, he was so oh. dope. <laughs> yeah. uh, he was super <laughs> dope, dude. Like, I remember just, like, some of the episodes, I was definitely wanting Mojo Jojo to win. Um, he just, mm-hmm. he was the perfect little diabolical villain for the Powerpuff Girls, you know? Um, yeah. And him, him was pretty creepy. Uh, and not even, I mean, nothing to do with the, with the fact that him was a transgender. It was just like the the crazy things he would do, like the fire and the like. Like you said, going from the high pitched voice down to that evil little rumble at the bottom. Like it was just crazy, dude. Um. So, but Powerpuff <laughs> Girls was really good. I I like the their superpowers, uh, the little glowing eyes and the fact that they're just pretty much beat any villain that came up against them says a lot about their, their powers. Uh, I love the Rowdy Rough Boy episode too, by the way. They were super dope. <laughs> I was kind of hoping they would win and stay around, but they just kind of occasionally popped up here and there. Uh, but yeah, man, I would put the Powerpuff Girls on this list for sure. Uh, I think that was one of the ones I watched almost every day after school. It is a definite yes for me. I'm going to go to you next, Juwan. What do you think? Powerpuff Girls? Uh, yeah. Uh, but hold on. The funniest thing I thought about Powerpuff Girls was they were showing girl empowerment in a time where all the show, show's main characters were, were boys. Um, so what I thought was really funny was uh, think about how the Powerpuff Girls were made. Uh, with sugar, spice, everything nice pretty much. Um, the Prowdy Rough Toys were made in a prison toilet. Um, and I just thought that was hilarious because it was their way of just showing, like, how, like, dirty and nasty boys are. And I was just like, like, when I was young, it was just like, when I was young, it was just like, oh, this is funny. But, you know, as I got older, I was like, wait a minute. Not only were we made in a toilet, that's a little disrespectful. We were made in a prison toilet. I was just like, all right, all right, Powerpuff Girls. You didn't have to, like... Do you remember the ingredients? You know, no, I'm trying to think of the ingredients. What was the ingredients? There's, I can't they remember. Were, they were snips, they were snips and there. tails and puppy dog tails. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I think of puppy, puppy dog, dog tails. tails. What do you think that puppy is? Puppy dog tails. <laughs> and a that toilet. I mean, you, Leo, you were talking... Well, uh, Isaac and Leo, you were talking before about how, like, you wanted the bad guys to win. Um... I just wanted the Rowdy Rough Boys to get one win because it's like they were made in a prison toilet. I don't know how many more times I could say that. Because when you think about it, it's, just, it's so disgusting on how that show is trying to portray men. Um, you had a monkey. Damn. You had toilet babies. <laughs> and you had, you had DC hemp. 
and it was just it was so it was so weird how they were trying to portray men in that show. Um, and let's not oh, forget. Oh shit! Look at back. You're right. We're all adults. Let's not forget the ultimate thing the pop of girls are trying to say about men. We're gonna sit here and act like that mayor wasn't the ultimate pervert. Like, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Come on. Come on. Nah, nah. I'm mad. They I'm made mad him a super creep. That. They made him what? a super creep. I'm sorry. Come on. They did. They did. Yeah. If, if you think about it, like, if you pedophile-ish. If, if you go back and you watch, and you watch like at least I say ten or fifteen episodes of Powerpuff Girls. Like if you go back now as an adult. You'd look at that and go, man, they were trying to say guys are just, like, the lowest form, most disgusting, despicable, like, creatures on the planet. That show really was, wasn't really a good light for guys, like, at all. I wanted the mayor to be my grandpa. Say it again? Wow, man. I wanted the mayor to be my grandpa. <laughs> well, granddad is copping up on his feels, apparently, because, man, he is right. like, he pervert of them girls, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was um, like I said, it was it was an it was an interesting um, perspective, like from the girls' point of view. But it was just like, excuse me, it was it was not it wasn't a pretty picture for for guys outside of their dad. But I mean, you can't have your dad create you and then you make your dad seem like he's trash. So I, I understand why he seemed like he was like the, the greatest person ever. But everybody else was made to look just like pure hot garbage. Um, but all in all, I did enjoy it, like, as a kid, but looking back, I'm just like, hey, I, I got a few issues with you, Powerpuff Girls, but I, I, I will say, I can't, I can't see a list that doesn't have the Powerpuff Girls on it. And we will get back to order later, because I, I kind of agree, um, but I, I have to get Powerpuff Girls. Leo? Leo? Oh man, I thought that was my headphones. Yeah, I, I think Leo went out. Hold on, I'm gonna message him. Um, yeah. Excuse, Isaac, you can hear me though. Chris, you can hear me. Yep, I can hear you. Uh, all right, I'm telling him now. We can't hear him. So while we wait for Leo to figure out what's going on, um, Chris, does Powerpuff Girls make it on this list? Man. Okay, I've seen a few episodes. I didn't like it then. I rewatched a few episodes just out of curiosity some years ago, and I didn't. I, it wouldn't. It's not on my top ten. So, I, oh man, I'm gonna say no. But wow, I, I, I do. I do like that. I do like the Powderpuff Girls. I think it has some good things. Like it is, you know. Uh, I mean, I can laugh at the making fun of men stuff, and I do like it's women empowerment. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm all for that, but. It just—I don't know. I don't get it, and it's not a bad thing. And I don't think the show sucks because I don't get the content. But it's—it's just—I mean, to be fair and be true to myself, um, no, it's—it's a no for me on Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, no, I I can understand that. Like I said, to me, I I see where you're coming from. I think Powerpuff Girls did something that no one else is really trying to do, and that was All right, there we being go, brave enough. Oh, there you go, Leo. Sorry, you can go ahead. Yeah, yeah sorry about that, guys. Um, yeah, sorry about that. It's a blog talk. I mean, kind of kicked me off, but uh, Powerpuff Girls was 
was really good. But, jeez, uh, I kind of lost my turn aside. I was on a roll. Um, I would have I would have put it a little bit lower, but I mean, Powerpuff Girls was really good. <laughs> I thought it was, I didn't even think about the the fact that how it depicted guys. Now it looks back though. Man, they did make us out to be a couple of apes and monkeys, man. <laughs> right, I, I think that's hilarious. So I can make fun of myself. I'm I'm oh yeah. I'm willing to not take it too serious. I just I just never really thought about it. Just just like that until now, and that's pretty funny. Yeah, no, yeah, I whatever. completely agree with if, what you're If saying, I had watched the show, I would have just gave it a yes for that, but I can't honestly do that, so I have to be no. I, I agree with what you're saying to where it's just like, you know, not taking it too serious. It's a cartoon show that's just trying to be funny. Um, I, I thought it was hilarious um, as, as a kid. It wasn't until I grew up that I was just like, oh, man, like, <laughs> this is... <laughs> This is really not looking good for us. Like, it's making us seem horrible. Um, but no, it, it, it was funny. It was really funny. Um, I think if I if I were to watch it like today, I would still think it was funny. And it gave us something. I think I think they created a toy after this um, with the the phone that was a face that would ring. Um, I always thought that that phone was was hilarious. I always thought that it was funny that they would get a phone call while they were at school and have to just leave school and save the world. Like, there's so much about that show that's always pretty cool. It was funny. Um, but, it, yeah, I mean, like I said, I understand uh, you not thinking that maybe uh, you not being able to put it on your personal list. Um, I just, I thought for what it was brave enough to do um, that no one else was doing, which was to cater a show um, around three three little girls. And, and you just mainstream it like that. I thought that was really well done. And how it was able to come back to life after all these years, even though it wasn't good. Like, when it came back, that show wasn't good. Uh, but the fact that it had enough, it had a big enough fan base to be able to try to do that, I thought uh, Powerpuff Girls just deserved a nod, at least in that respect. Yeah, and it, it, it tried to come back, and I personally just thought that it couldn't, couldn't really return. Like, I don't think it's, like, too rewatchable now, but, I mean, it, it not only did it have the three-year-old girls as the stars, it positioned them as, like, superheroes, you know? And that's that was something even more rare, um, to put the put female superheroes in the spotlight besides Wonder Woman. Um, yeah. But it sounds like it's unanimous, I think. So, number six, we got Powerpuff Girls. And I'm going to go to you, Juwan, for number five. What are we looking at? This is going to be weird because it's going to sound like a, like I don't want it on the list, but hear me out. Bear with me. I am voting Dexter's Laboratory. But the thing I love most about Dexter had nothing to do with Dexter. I love the adventures his monkeys used to go on. Um, I thought that was easily, hands down, the best thing about Dexter's laboratory. Um, what what his monkey used to do and the fact that they had an off-brand Avengers. Like Thor had a guitar that he could use to, like, summon thunder or whatever. Like, it was just a really off-brand version of the Avengers. And I just thought that was so freaking cool. I, I thought Dexter was just way ahead of its time as far as, as, far as its humor. Cartoon Network has, has a history of their original content having humor 
that we would look at as kids and just go, I don't really, I don't really get that. But as adults, it's just like, whoa, he really said that. Like that, that's insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I thought Dexter was one of those shows that completely embodied uh, adult humor. Um, but yeah, and you know, for anyone who has a sister, Dee Dee is literally everybody's sister. Everyone has a sister that just randomly is in their room, randomly going through their stuff, uh, just being a headache for no reason, but just to be annoying. Um, so I thought that was super accurate uh, at a time to where I, I think I my sister was maybe two or three at that time. Um, but, yeah, I love that show. But, again, the, the best thing to me was the adventures outside of uh, what Dexter was doing. I thought just really uh, – you know, amplify that show's greatness. But yeah, Dexter, I don't, I can't imagine someone having a list and not having Dexter somewhere on it. Doesn't have to be at number five or whatever, but it definitely deserves a spot in the top ten, like somewhere. Yeah, man. Uh, I thought Dexter's Lab was pretty funny. Um, but you mentioned that monkey spinoff. Dude, that was like legit. Um, I kind of let that that piece of that survive went to the back of my mind, and I actually remembered it as a kind of show. Uh, but that was that was super dope, and just whatever that one. I don't think that one was as like it wasn't in every single episode, but whenever you saw like monkey jumping out of the cage, like oh my god, we get another episode of the monkey. Like it was it was super dope, man. Uh, Dexter's Lab, and there's there's a lot of, like, crazy adult memes about Dexter's Lab, too, so it's just, it's, it's weird looking back how, as an adult, you can find things, like, really funny about it. Um, I, Dexter, Dexter was good. I don't know if I would put it this, this high, simply because I just didn't, Dexter wasn't as good to be number five for me, but I'm, I'm going to say yes to getting on the list. And I'm going to toss it to you, Chris. What do you think? Um, Dexter is another one of those I've seen a few episodes. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't disagree that it, it, it was funny and it's got good humor. I just I really wish I would have went back and, and watched these kind of cartoons. I kind of went a little too far into the 90s to get a little bit more nostalgic. <laughs> didn't really have it on my list so uh, I'm gonna say no just because I don't really know much about it uh, other than when it first aired kind of thing I hadn't really come back to it I think it would be unfair to kind of say one way or the other I've seen a few episodes so but it never really like like kind of like the Powderpuff Girls I just really didn't get it then I guess I was too young to understand the humor or maybe I just wasn't in the right mindset to figure it out I don't uh, for whatever reason I just don't it doesn't really stick out to me yeah some of the humor is in, humor in that show was like adult so it's kind of easy to go over our heads as kids like what are they talking about uh, um, or, or you, I mean I, I was just into other things I think I wasn't really watching too many cartoons Right around that time, I, yeah, it it could have been that too. No, that's understandable, man. Um, Dexter, I, I mean, it was a part of the kind of regular little lineup of cartoons on Cartoon Network, but 
it was never one of those ones I just had to catch. Like it, it wasn't one of those. That, which is why I put probably put Dexter at number like eight or nine, just because it just it was one of those ones I would watch and I would enjoy, but it wasn't one that I was just like, oh man, ranting and raving about it. Um, but anyway, I'm gonna go to you, Isaac. What do you think? Does Dexter belong on the list? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Um, I just wanted to say uh, I'm sorry for I'm sorry for interrupting you earlier, uh, Juwan. When you when you mentioned dialed M for monkey, I I kind of jumped out of my seat a little bit, and I, I'm sorry about that. Um, no, you're good. <laughs> but like that's that's I'm super glad you mentioned it because I really 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 loved Dial M for monkey. I thought it was like one of the most clever spinoffs. They were so short, and I wish they were like half hour segments because they were super cool. And, like, he was such a cool monkey. And he got the girl and, and the banana, and he saved the day, and he was, like, super resilient. I don't know. I love that monkey. Um, I, the thing that made me love this show as much as I do, as much as I did, was when they introduced Mandark as a character. Because that kid is the epitome of a mad scientist right there. Dexter was supposed to be a parody on, like, Mad Scientist or whatever, maybe. But if there was a true parody of Mad Scientist, it's Mandark. The guy, in preparation for this, I knew this would come up tonight. So I watched an episode, and I ended up watching the episode where they explain Mandark's origins, and he's, he's descended from two hippie parents. <laughs> this is when the, the humor comes into to play, like you were saying earlier, Leo, because the, the adult humor was so, it was so out there. And, and it's like, it's like some of the time, I, I wondered why it ever got on the network. Because that episode made me realize how adult that show really was. They, they, were, they were going to name Mandark. And they were like, um, like his father was like, I'm going to give you the most beautiful, exquisite name the world and the sunrise of the mountaintops have ever seen. And his mom is like, and I will bestow upon you a name with no discernible gender connotations. And I was like, what? What? What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> I was just so taken back by that. And I was like, huh, I think the show is a bit more mature than I remember it being. And that just, like, it just stopped me in my tracks and made me, I was, I was dying in the middle of work. So, yeah, I think it deserves a spot on the list, for sure. Like Leo said, I think I probably wouldn't rate it here, but it deserves a spot on the list. It's like we've been saying, there's, I don't feel like there is a list that doesn't have Dexter's laboratory on it. So, yeah, it's a yeah, yes for me. Man, Mandark had that trademark laugh, man. Like it was. <laughs> 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 oh my yeah. God! Can I say? Can I say this? Can I say that turned into my laugh uh, when I was in school? Like I wasn't even trying to be funny. Like I remember the teacher said something, and someone had made like this this weird sound, and everyone started laughing. And then like as the laughter calmed down, all you hear from me is ha 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 ha. And I was like, what is that? And I was like, oh, my God, I have no idea why I'm laughing like that. Like, it wasn't even that funny. Um, but, yeah, that, that, laugh, that laugh to me is iconic. Because it's, it's one of those laughs that you're just like, 
what? Are you really laughing or are you trying to be funny? It's like, no, that's really his laugh. So yeah. I, I thought that was I thought that was hilarious. Uh what was his name again? Mandar. Mandar. Oh his, Mandar. his original name? His original what? name is Susan though. That's his first name. It's Susan. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Susan. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that show is just so it's, classic. I, I I will say this. If they ever decided to, to make Dexter into like an adult uh animated movie, I would so love Seth MacFarlane to voice uh the voice Dexter. Yes. You were like what? just putting that out there. Did you say Leo? What did you say? Oh no, I said if they ever decided to make like the adult, uh, like animated movie of Dexter, uh, Dexter's Laboratory, I would love for Seth MacFarlane to be the voice of Dexter. Oh yes. I just think we I just think not happen. only not only could he write just like the greatest adult humor, it would be. Honestly, if you think about Dexter, it was maybe a few crude jokes away from being Ted, uh, because it was just it was so filled with just like adult. I don't want to say adult themes because it wasn't like uh, how Cow and Chicken used to be, but it was just like adult <laughs> humor. Like it seemed like Stewie humor. That that's that's really what it reminded me of. I, I thought Dexter was like Stewie, and well, obviously Dexter came first. Um, it would have been like Dexter, but they remind me of each other so much. So it's just like if you were to blend the two, Sesame Street is definitely the guy you want to voice it. Yeah, man, mm. that's actually a pretty good ca- fan cast. I didn't even think of that. Um, yeah, man, if they brought Dexter back, that'd be sick. Like just to get <laughs> just to, I would uh, love that. Do like a like an adult special or something. Man, that'd be that'd cool. be hilarious. Wow. Or even just like an episode to where like Stewie is, is going through like multiverses and one multiverse he stumbles across is Dexter's where he's in Dexter's lab and they're kind of just like comparing notes on how to like take over the world. Like that would, that'd be super dope. Ooh, that'd be super dope. Just, just a nice saying, little Seth family. Call me. Just Call saying. me. Call us. We need to make this happen, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm thinking that unanimous has a spot on the list. So we're we're already halfway through, guys. Uh we got Courage the Cowardly Dog at number ten, Kids Next Door at number nine, Ed Ed Nettie at number eight, Recess at number seven, Powerpuff Girls at number six, Dexter's Lab at number five, and I'm gonna go with one I might get another one, but I I loved this cartoon. I'm gonna go with Danny Phantom. Um, I was just a huge huge fan of the whole Phantom transformation, the the Phantom verse, and just Danny Phantom was one of those one of those uh, shows that I always rushed to watch. Um, I was to be honest, there's not really too much I have to say about it. I just I love the crime fighting. Like, I love that it felt almost kind of like a superhero cartoon. I mean, it was drawn in American style, but it, it straight up felt like uh, a superhero cartoon. And I love, and this was a this was an example of um, a black character who broke the stereotype of the, the jock, uh, Tucker. He was the nerdy, tech, technology-focused character, and he broke that stereotype very well. And I just... 
I, I love Danny Phantom, and I can't remember that uh, that theme so so well. Um, so I'm gonna have to go this on at number four, guys. I'm gonna go to you first, Isaac. What do you think? Does this deserve a spot? Uh, actually, I could probably rate this higher. I'd rather, yeah, I'd probably rate this higher on the list, to be honest with you. Um, I'm glad you mentioned it. I forgot that we could even include it um, for some reason. I thought it came out in, like, 2005, but, boy, was I wrong. Um, uh, but, yeah, no, I think it's great. I think it's a perfect show. I think it's a, uh, the reason I liked it so much is because when I, when I watched it, I was super interested. I remember... I would always clamor when there was a new Danny Phantom special because it was going to introduce like a new story element or it was going to give us another notch under Danny's powers because the stories that they told were so, so interesting. All of the ghosts were, had their own backgrounds. I'm not sure if you guys remember. Um, it was, she was at the very beginning of the series. Her name was Ember McLean. She was a ghost with blue hair and a guitar. Does anyone remember her? Some, what was her name? Samantha yeah. McLean? Ember McLean. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yes. So, Ember has an actual backstory uh, uh, from the writers. And her backstory was that she was a teenager who uh, listened to rock music. And she asked this boy out on a date, and he stood her up. But she waited up all night for him, and a lamp fell in her home, and she burned to death. And so now she basically goes around fighting men with her music. And it's, I think that was really neat. Um, and the characters are just kind of all like that. And I, I thought it was such an immersive show and Butch Hartman still won't even stop making videos about, like, drawing Danny Phantom. So, yes, absolutely, totally on this list. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, um, he does make a lot of videos. I've been watching him, a couple of them lately. Uh, and he just draws up new scenarios for Danny Phantom. It's pretty awesome. I would love, yeah. love for this series to get a revival, man. Um, I pray for it. I just... I remember there's like one when I went and saw Ready Player One. I don't know who all has uh, seen this, seen Ready Player One. Um, there's like one episode that plays out almost exactly like that movie did, where Danny had to like go around and collect all these different keys. It was almost like an RPG episode, um, and they were like in in a cyber game. I don't know if y'all remember that one, and they had to collect those twelve silver keys. Oh, yeah, and Sam turned out to be the best player in the game. <laughs> yeah, she's the best player in the game. So uh, I loved episodes like that. Um, I'm going to kick it to you, Jamon. What do you think? Does it belong on the list? Um, Yeah, but here's the thing. It deserves a spot on this. Well, let me not say. The only thing I loved about that show was his biggest villain was always trying to bone his mom. That, to me, hands down, best part, best thing, most interesting oh, thing about no. the whole Danny Phantom show. That easily is possibly some of the dopest villainry oh, no. you could ever do to a kid. Is Not only can you be his worst enemy, but you're trying to do his mom. Like, I mean, all the time. I mean, there was not one episode that his villain was in that he was not trying to hook up with his mom. Hilarious, dope, 
savagery at a thousand. Um, I loved. I can't even remember that character's name, but he's one of my favorite villains ever. His name is uh, uh, his name is Vlad Lasseter. <laughs> yes, there you go. The, the level Vlad of savagery, Vlad the Vlad level Vlad. of savagery you have to hit to do something like that is is levels that are legendary. So that alone is why I think Danny Phantom probably not that high, but definitely deserves a spot somewhere on this list. I don't think anyone can give me another villain uh, in a cartoon, like in a, in a kid's cartoon, that tries to do that. That is dope. Yes, my answer is yes. Definitely deserves a spot on this list. <laughs> I didn't even I totally forgot about that. Uh, that's oh pretty God. savage, though, to think about it. That's savage. <laughs> I don't really want you, man. Get out the way. I'm trying to get at your mom now. I mean, <laughs> let me let me go ahead and make this known. Um, it's funny because as I was going through and I was like, I, I really did enjoy Danny Phantom. And then I kept trying to remind myself, what did I love about Danny Phantom? And I couldn't think of anything else besides the fact that he had a villain who's always trying to hook up with his mom. And I was just like, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that before. So I was like, yeah, no. I was like, instead of watching an episode, as long as I remember to say that, yeah, it definitely deserves a spot on this list. <laughs> That's so savage, dude, but I I love that. <laughs> um, fun fact, Isaac, you were talking about Ember McLean. She's voiced by Tara Strong. Yeah, of course she is. Why wouldn't she be voiced by Tara exactly. Strong? She, she who voices every female character Everybody. in cartoon history. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that's great. I love it. I love every bit of it. Thank you for that. My day is made. All right, so we're going with Danny Phantom at number four. Uh, Chris, go ahead and give us number three, man. Um. Um, number three, actually on my list, is Captain Planet. Uh, do you guys Ooh. remember that one? Yeah. Did I go a little too old on that, on you guys on that one? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, for me, I mean, it ran, it ran a lot longer than I thought it would, but it, it just, you know, just the kind of kid I was growing up, uh, it's just one of those, uh, Saturday morning kind of breakfast cereal events where, uh, you can relate to them. They're kids. They get superpowers, and it's, I don't know. It was just really fun. Looking back on it, it uh, all kind of stuck out. Uh, you know, they have to work together, and then the superhero comes out of nowhere with an awesome green mullet and uh, teaches you lessons about, you know, saving the planet, and uh, it involves kids from all over the world, and they all come together for a common goal. So, I, I mean, not to get too corny on you, I just thought it was really neat and really cool, and I always wanted one of those those, those damn rings, you know. <laughs> I always wanted one as a kid. I still want one as an adult. I'm going to find one one day, uh, and I'm going to get one. But uh, it just it yeah. stuck with me. It stuck with me over the years, and I think that um, uh, looking back on it, um, we need more shows like that, I think personally. Yeah, some shows that teach good lessons, man. I mean, that this was probably one of the, the biggest ones. I mean, it, it taught you 
environmental lessons. And I liked what you said about uh, characters coming together from all over the world. Um, you had a character from Africa, a character from Japan, you had a character from Brazil. Like, it was like they were from all over the world, and it was nice to see, like, that diversity and interactivity, especially in a time where that wasn't common in cartoons. Um, the only yeah, thing and it had a... Whoopi Goldberg, I, I believe, was the voice of Gaia, Mother Earth, and that yeah. was pretty what? cool. Little Easter, yeah, she was. Yeah. Go back and check it out. It was really cool to find that out, and I I recognized it as a kid. I was a really big fan of Sister Act as a kid, um, so uh, that was really cool. Also, yeah, for sure. Um, it also. The, the the one thing that about Captain Planet that just kind of irked me though, is you know you had that cool intro and all these characters have these cool powers you know you got earth, fire, wind, and water and then heart, come on bro, like, oh what? man heart 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 puts it all together man, heart no nah, man heart is so you important can't get... you can't have all those elements without heart it doesn't it it no. won't do you any good to have all those nah, nah. you're missing the point. You're missing the point. Let me let me. You gotta get really tell, corny with it. it <laughs> let works. me talk to you for a sec. It, it, here's the All thing. Right. I I just the other characters have fire, water, wind, and earth. Like how you how you gonna give the last guy heart? They're elements. Like and love heart, is an element. Dude? Haven't you seen this? Haven't you but seen you, the movie Fifth Element? Love you is go, an element. You go, all, you go up against all these other villains, and you have heart, <laughs> dude. I don't know. I just I, – I love the show. Don't get me wrong. Don't well, get me nobody wrong. wanted I the to show. be the heart I, I kid. All yeah. right. I'll be honest. But with heart. You. Nobody gave it – all right. You're right. You're right. All right. <laughs> nobody wanted to be Matika, all right? Nobody wanted to be, oh, my heart. Nobody wanted, nobody wanted him shouting his power ring, but we needed him or we couldn't summon Captain Planet, all right? He was integral to the plot. <laughs> oh man, that's the, that's the only complaint I had. I mean, like everything else was hilarious. Oh, you're right. And the the like, eco yeah, villains. It's really hard. Like, it's like it's like the person who was supposed to come up with like that power was running really late and got hammered the night before and just ran in and said, "Uh, heart." Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like, uh, uh, heart. Like they could have gave him lightning. They could have gave him like anything, lightning. anything else. Like they could have gave him anything. You gave him heart though, but I mean, other than that, they, for to their credit, they tried to use the kid. They tried to use him. Uh, I think he was Indian, I believe. In the, no, uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. Was he really? He was. I don't know what he was. He looked like the kid from Neverending Story, uh, that one Achuro or Archirio oh, or wow, Achuro, Atreyu. Sorry, there you go. It looked like Atreyu. <laughs> the band? No, no, no. Uh, the kid from the Neverending Story. Oh, I only know the band. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> For a second, that's what I thought I was too. But then I was like, oh, yeah, that kid's name is for you. Um, but, yeah, it's a definite yes for me, man. Uh, I love Captain Planet. And when they all, when, when they all, despite the heart, when they all came together and, like, just made Captain Planet, like, he was, we're always waiting Captain for that Planet moment. Captain Planet was overpowered, like, oh, man. 
No, he was overpowered. But remember when the toxic guy came out, like the bad Captain Planet guy came? Remember when he yeah. showed up? <laughs> he was. He, he was always he like, was oh no. Environment up. Right, he was like, screwing up the trees and stuff. But um, for me as a kid, you were always thinking, oh man. When are they going to summon Captain Planet? And you know when they lo- when they lose their rings or when you know it's just they had really good cliffhangers and um, I never I've never missed an episode as a kid. Yeah, it was good, man. It was definitely good. It's a definitely yes for me. I'm gonna throw it to you, Isaac. Uh, what did you think, Captain Planet? I think Captain Planet deserves to be on this list, but not exactly for Captain Planet itself. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go on three things. So one. I'm actually going to go ahead and back Chris here. Um, Heart is A, totally an element, and B, totally oh, necessary here, in order to find... Hold on, hold on. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay? So, reason Heart needs to be in the equation is because these kids are using elements to form something that is obviously physical, living, and sentient. That needs to have heart because otherwise... Like, okay, like, what is vision without the mind? Otherwise, you get Ultron, and then, you know, the comic book version, not this mother. Yes, otherwise, you get Ultron, and you don't, yeah, and then Sokovia smashes the Earth, and then everything dies. Well, Ultron would squash them. Ultron would would kill them all. That is not a debate. That is just not a debate here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So I'm going to go ahead and back Chris on the heart thing. I think it's necessary. I appreciate uh, it. I, you, I think you get it. I think you get it. I do, man. So number two. It's corny. Um, it's corny. You have to be a corny mo fucker to get it, but excuse the language, but man, it's, it's there. Too, it's integral. It's integral. However, suddenly, um, it's integral. Yeah. So the number two aspect I got it from it is I think it was great. For an environmentally conscious cartoon, uh, I love the message of activism. It basically encouraged you to be an activist in your community. That's what I really, really love about that. And thirdly, Captain Planet would not currently exist. I mean, if Captain Planet did not exist now, we never would have gotten Captain Planet starring Don Cheadle. Oh, my God. I was going to bring that that? out, too. Oh man, yeah. Uh, I love Captain Planet, motherfucker. Captain Planet yeah, I've seen Cheetah. that. <laughs> That's he, what it's called. He, he, yeah. looked at, he, he looked at him and said, You buy, what, when you go to your local green grocery, you, you use that. You know, you use environmentally friendly guy. You don't use that paper plastic now. He's like, Nah. He's like, So. And then if you like your heart guy in there, he has a moment where he's. At your local green grocer. <laughs> the guy was crazy. So, yeah, no. it, was, um, it was nuts, yeah. Oh, no, Captain Planet? Definite, yeah. Probably lower on the list, but eh, I like the comedic meme value it came. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the memes are, are pretty savage. I'm here for the memes. <laughs> How about you, Juwan? Uh Captain Planet, does it make it on the list? Uh, I'm, I'm saying no for myself. Never could get into it. Uh, I felt as though it was being educational, and it was at a time where I hated everything educational. So never really got <laughs> to Captain Planet. 
Um, but that's not for me to say that it wasn't a great show or anything. Um, I, I just couldn't really get into it. That's hey, fair. That's, that's all right. That's fair, yes. I mean, we all have our opinions. Uh, I'm, I'm a definite yes. I remember just hearing that theme song, and I was like, oh, my God, it's Captain Planet. Like, man. I was like, Chris, I would probably watch just about every episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of the villains was Jeff Goldblum at one point. Um, but I'm I'm diving deep here. Uh we will continue the list to number two. And I'm gonna jump to you, Isaac. Uh what's number two, my man? I think number two. Mm, not my favorite cartoon of all time, but definitely in my top two. The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Easily one of my all-time favorite cartoons. I was a like I said before. Leo's known. I'm not sure. Leo's known me for a couple of years, and he's known that I'm I'm a dark dude, and I've been dark since anyone knows me. And it's probably thanks to that show. It was so horribly, horrifyingly macabre and evil and dark, but it was so funny and positive, and it took life of everything you could have ever found scary, everything that could have ever struck fear into you, didn't matter anymore. Didn't matter anymore because it was shown, and it was also stomped on. The humor in it is so unlike any dark show I'd seen before. I thought Courage was, like, pretty tongue-in-cheek with its humor, but, I mean, the grim adventures of old Billy and Mandy constantly made fun of old people dying. Because it was funny. There was an episode where a guy had actually been evading the Grim Reaper for years, and he'd have to put a hundred years on his belt every hundred years because he met some kind of weird bureaucratic requirement to live. (laughs) So, um, and uh, I guess the last thing I have to say about it before I don't, before I never shut up about it, is, um, the episode, uh, I don't remember the name, but it was an episode where a giant brain had landed in the town and made Billy oh go collect God. brains for him. So that man, his name, the man who voiced the comet, his name is Aurelio Voltaire. Aurelio Voltaire makes punk cabaret music and um, cantina joints as well. He has one of the biggest discographies. I think you guys should really, really listen to him if you're into that kind of thing. Um, if you like sing-songy stuff, but you're into dark things, I would really suggest him. He's entertained me for years and years and years, and he's easily one of my favorite music artists alive. And I wouldn't have known about him if not for the good adventures of Billy and Mandy. So that's my take. Yeah, man. Um uh, as soon as you mentioned the brain, that brain song came right to my mind. Uh, yeah, I've, I've listened to Voltaire as well after that. Like, cause those songs were so catchy, man. Uh, and he did, he did a lot of music for Billy and Mandy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, definitely check that out. And uh, speaking of cartoon movies, this actually had a couple of good movies. Um, I remember that Christmas good. special that Billy and Mandy had. That was dope. 
Um, they had another one with the big with the spider, the rats with the spider queen. Oh, that was a dope one. Rats with spider queen. It's great. I mean, like it had it had a couple of good movies under its belt, and what was good about mm-hmm. Billy and Bandy is that it ran for quite a while. I I would say like a, a good six season run, five or six seasons, I think. And I was already I was always anticipating new episodes. It never felt like it just was kind of, you know, like old or boring. It just kind of felt like it could keep going, almost like a Simpson, like a dark Simpsons type of deal where it just could just keep going, keep running. Um, I took interest in uh, Billy and Mandy when it back when it was grim and evil, uh, when it was split up between uh, like evil Billy and Mandy and Evil Concarne. Yeah, I love that. Uh, evil Concarne was pretty freaking awesome too. They even took characters from Evil Concarne and um, put them in the show. Uh, General Scar is a regular character who is tortured by Billy because he lives next door to him. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Evil Concarne at some point became its own cartoon, but I never really got too much into that one. It was short-lived. Yeah. But I'm I'm a definite yes man. I loved Billy and Mandy. I was I was kind of waiting on that one. Like I wonder if somebody's gonna say it, but it was mm. on my list. I had it ready to go. Uh, so Favorite. Billy and Mandy is a definite yes for me. I'm gonna jump to you, Jawan. What do you think, Billy and Mandy? Uh, yeah, definite yes. Um, <clears throat> again, I look at all these cartoons as an adult now, but Cartoon Network has some of the most depressing shows I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, that show was just the, I think, the definition of depressing. It was just always so sad, dark, and, and just gloomy. Um, but it was hilarious. Uh, I think it was a doper version of Fairly Odd Parent. Uh, like Nickelodeon kind of took the aspect of what Grim, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy did and then created Fairly Odd Parent. Because if you look at them, they're, they're like the, the complete like flip side of each other. One's just all happy and, and what it's like having someone that's like, that looks over you, that, that helps you through life. And then the other one was just like, yeah, this definitely shouldn't be the person you have around your kids. Um, so I thought it was, just, it, it was a great, uh, it was a great flip on each other. But yeah, I loved Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy and it definitely deserves a spot on this list. I'd even say, it deserves a spot as high as it is. Oh, yeah. Um, it was without a doubt for me that it could absolutely be in the top three. Um, it was just so great. Like, how do you take evil, grim themes and make them funny? Oh, Grim Avengers of Billy Mandy. Boom. Like, that's like the perfect amalgamation of comedy and um, dark horror. I'm going to go to you, though, Chris. What do you think, man? Billy and Mandy? Uh, personally, I've never seen an episode. Vaguely familiar with it. Uh, I can't really comment too much on it. It sounds neat, though. <laughs> I'm I'm a dark I, person. I guess I just, I, I've never really, like, gone into dark cartoons. I mean, I'm in production for my first horror film. Uh, and, like, I get that kind of stuff. I just, I'm just kind of disappointed that I'm not aware of some of these cool cartoons you guys have written up. Oh, no worries, man. Uh, I can shoot you some resources to catch some episodes, because 
I know after this oh, episode, definitely. probably tomorrow or something, I'm going to grab a bowl of cereal and watch some of these cartoons, if not an episode of quite a few of them. So, yeah, I'm definitely up, checking man. some stuff out after this. Um, but, yeah, it looks like definitely going to be on there. Uh, Grim Avengers of Billy and Mandy, that's a dope one, Isaac. Uh, again, just one of those that I have always watched, always enjoyed. It's like, geez, like, they made the Grim Reaper funny. You know, like, they literally took death itself and made it funny. And he was Jamaican. Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, he was and I guess one more thing. thing. I want to add yep. one more little thing that I just found out um, while researching this a little bit further. Uh, the first air date is June 9th, 2000. And I thought that's neat because it came out when I was officially five years old. Oh, man. Yep, there you go. Five years old in 2000? Yeah, it came out on June 9th, 2000. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel uh, old. That's <laughs> Huh? I'm sorry? You were saying something, Chris? No, I was just saying I feel old. Yeah, that made me feel old. You were five in the year 2000. Just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> just to put things uh, in perspective, I graduated high school in 2001. I'm probably the youngest one here then, aren't I? <laughs> probably. <laughs> Wait, what year were you born? <laughs> I was I am I am 22 years old. I I was born in 1995. Oh, then yeah. <laughs> yeah, you probably probably are the other 20. <laughs> Cuz I think Jawan, you're 94. 93. <laughs> oh, yeah, 93. <laughs> Dang, our cartoons are so different. I right. Know. <laughs> Like, As you can see, why like this isn't this isn't this isn't a great start for me with you know <laughs> with geek vibes. So I'm I'm trying oh, here. I'm, I'm researching as you're talking. Start. You're doing great, bro. I'm, you're doing great. I'm trying not to hit the obvious ones, you know. But, Listen, Chris. You know. Let me say this. Let me say this. Yes. And this is a shout out to um to our friend Joe. We have a great start. Because Gerald, on one of uh, our episodes, tried to tell us that he would prefer Crash Bandicoot Racing over Mario Kart. You'll never have a worse moment than trying to convince the world that Crash Bandicoot Racing, a game I think maybe six people in America played, is better than Mario Kart. I didn't even um, know that existed, and I already know. Hold it's on, done. hold on now, hold on, hold on a second. So what you're not about to do is what you're not about to do is coming from my man Gerald like that, because why are you why are you booing him? He's right. Oh no, he's right about what? <laughs> he's no. right about Crash. Yeah. Crash Bandicoot, I would probably prefer it over Mario Kart. Believe that or not? No, 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 not not Crash Bandicoot the game. Crash Bandicoot, Bandicoot Racing. No, no, I, I'm a, I'm aware of the spinoff. I'm aware of the ridiculous spinoffs that have for mobile games. You would, games. Is that like, a pun? You would, 
you would play that over Mario Kart? <laughs> what? Yeah. All right, listen. I mean, I'm going to play Crash oh, Bandicoot over Mario Kart. Over that Mario is Kart? insane. Mario Kart's that not is... that great. You want to know why? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the most unpopular opinion of all time. Mario is one of the most overrated video game icons, and I really don't think he's that cool. Oh, shit. Hold on. Time out. I mean, time, out. time out. Time out. Time out. <laughs> hold on. Let me say this. Albeit, I disagree with uh, the, the games over each other. I agree that Mario is, is overrated, but well, that's what happens Mario, you around for as long as you have this. Mario Kart is easily a thousand times better than Crash Bandicoot Racing. Crash Bandicoot Racing is possibly one of the more trash racing games I have oh, ever played on. in my life. Wow. Crash no, 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 no. Racing is trash. It is you know what? You know what? I'm 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 gonna propose something here. Then I'm gonna propose something. I propose that sometime we get together and attempt to play both games, and we have a definitive contest on which is the better one. Okay. No, I'm down. I'm, I'm down. down too. I'm with that. Cause uh, I I can tell you now, Isaac. Four or three and a half out of four people are gonna say Mario Kart. Mario Kart is way better, man. Yeah. It just it just even is. even and if you beat us in in the racing in, in, in the trash bandicoot racing <laughs> the audience the audience is gonna turn on you anyway because they're not gonna agree with you that's better. So let's do this. Trash bandicoot racing. Let's go. You know what wait, Isaac, you know what's funny? What's up? Isaac, you know what's funny? We we put this we put this on Facebook like after Gerald said that because we were just blown away that he would have that opinion. So we put it yeah. on Facebook. Do you know half the people didn't even know that Crash Bandicoot had a racing game? It's not surprising by any means. Didn't even know. No, didn't even know. Didn't even know. It had a lot of just for context. Crash Bandicoot had a load of really bad spin-offs after warps. It went. Haywire. I'll say this. I'll say this. I'll say this. If Crash Bandicoot didn't have such successful first player games, I'm telling you now, the amount of people that wouldn't know about that game would be staggering. Would be excuse me, would be staggering. And the reason why I say I don't think that it it deserves a spot, a, a spot like anywhere near Mario Kart is because anytime you mention, oh, what are some of the great like racing, uh, you know, racing multiplayer games? I don't think many people are, will have Crash Bandicoot Racing on their list, but I could almost, I could almost guarantee you, majority of everybody has Mario Kart. All right, I won't argue that opinion. I actually I will not you. argue that slightest. Yeah, that sounds, Isaac. That sounds. You're a smart gentleman. I, I, I'm gonna <laughs> give credit where credit is due. He's right. He's super right. I don't know. Right. I don't. Maybe, maybe I'm just. Maybe I'm just playing devil's advocate. Maybe I'm just being bitter. Let's maybe I just don't like Mario. I don't know. Listen, what? listen. One thing, Isaac, you're gonna learn. You're gonna learn that you can't do. Over here in Geek Vibes Nation is the Finn Gerald. That was your first knock. We don't we don't oh. defend Gerald over here. 
if anything, if anything, we gang up on Gerald. That is that is a sport over here. So no, no, he no more defending calm. Gerald. Dang, no, he I'm, Gerald. Calm, I'm just joking. I'm, here. I'm just joking. Gerald, I'm here for you, love. bro. <laughs> we love Gerald. I was actually just making fun of him today because uh, he was he was over someone's house uh, and and their dog like had taken a liking to him. And uh, Gerald had said, uh, you know, can't find good loyalty. And something about the word loyalty that he had, like, just completely confused me. It was because Gerald put an I in loyalty. So, <laughs> what? 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 The way, he spelled it, the, end? The, the way he spelled it was hilarious. So I made sure that I didn't let him live that down. Um, and I'm actually, I'm actually writing to him right now to let him know that I'm making fun of him. On, so okay, so this is how you spelled it: L O Y A L I T Y. L O Y what? Yeah, Boy, I'm, not gonna repeat it. I'm not going to repeat it. I'm not going to repeat it because my my brain started to slow down. So I don't think it's going to repeat that. Oh, poor um, guy. But no, Gerald, you know we love you, man. I, just, just, just man, I've misspelled some stuff before. I feel bad for Gerald. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. We love him. Oh wow! I do you. I'll do you one better. Why, Jared? (laughs) 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 Or you get that Captain America meme, and you go, "So, Gerald, you think you can spell loyalty? (laughs) (laughs) So you thought you could spell loyalty? loyalty. (laughs) (laughs) That's great." <laughs> oh man! So I'm gonna switch it up, y'all. I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. Chris, I'm gonna go to you for number one, my man. Ooh. Oh man, you threw a curveball. I wasn't ready for that. Okay, in the '90s, my number one. Ah, uh, can I say? Can I go with Batman the animated series? Ah, uh, you know what, you, man? You know. If I can, I got a backup. I got a backup. It's along. We never. We didn't even discuss this. I don't think anybody's mentioned it. But it's. It's along the same vibe, but it's still. A comic book related cartoon. A little less cliche. Less. A little less cliche. Yeah. No Batman. No Batman. But I'm gonna go with. What are you gonna say? Doug. What? Uh, see, Chris, listen, listen. Let, let me say this, Chris. Let me say this. Oh, I, I want to hang up so badly. I have, to, I have to. I have to go with. Let me start by saying I have to go with no. But I will say this. I have you never. Me and Gerald have never talk. heard. Start our own club. <laughs> I have never heard Vin Doug. I'll say that. <laughs> that was the most simplest, most just joyful theme song I have ever heard. In my life. But the show was possibly some of the most boring, like cartoon I have ever had to sit through. It was called the White Bread, right? That that like that. I love that theme song. And I have to I have to mention this. It lasted for uh, eight seasons. You gotta give they made they made Doug's black best friend blue, 
and I just I never could understand why why they had huh. to make him a different Skeeter, color. Skeeter was green, I think. Skeeter was green. Oh, no, 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 no. His, no, uh, Skeeter was the, the bully. bully. The bully was green. His best friend was blue. His oh, best okay. friend was blue. All right, all right. And do you know what he played? No. Please take I a don't. guess. Basketball. Oh, no. I think Nickelodeon just likes the idea. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you, know what, you know what was oh, funny? He had this, I, think, I think he almost had the same exact outfit as uh, the, the guy from Recess. Like, he had the, I think he had the armband. Here, let me, let me look up his photo. Oh, but uh, I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> no. Hold no. On. Now, but now that you mention it, Juwan, um, they made his best friend blue, his black best friend blue, and you know. But you know who was actually black? Patty with blonde hair? Patty Mayonnaise, bro. Patty was black with blonde <laughs> hair. Dude, you look like he walked right out of the dance salon. Dude, you're not joking. Then you look at Doug. Look at Doug's white hat. Look at how white Doug is. Oh, man. And then look how white Patty is. Oh, I never looked at it like that. Oh, I will say, I will say, it was fun seeing Doug try to spit game to her. Um, that was always fun because he was just horrible. Like at I it. felt for the dude, you know. Like, I mean, I, I think know. the point of Doug was to be kind of like an awkward cartoon, right? Like, it kind of had that like awkward teenager vibe to it, where it's like, oh, you know, he's an awkward little kind of nerd cool, guy, yeah. his best best friend. Like that—that's what it was intended to be, Juwan. So, like, when you say that, like, it was kind of meant to be like kind of awkward and, and stale. That's just kind of the, yeah. the kind of humor it has. I uh, will it say, doesn't really appeal to me that much, but I will say they often played basketball with each other. But uh, Skeeter's go-to was was skateboarding. Yeah, that's, cool. that's right. He did skateboard, he had knee pads, and everything. Yeah, so he, that was yeah. his go-to. I was wrong on that one, but he did. They did play basketball often, but his go-to sport was skating. And Doug would have like these daydreaming sequences, and like, you know, growing up, and I became a, a filmmaker and a teacher. Like, I did that a lot, you know. So I could relate to. So a lot of these, you know, my picks were things I could relate to from my childhood. And you guys won't let me pick the one thing I really loved. But so like that's why mine are kind of obscure, and they probably don't hit home with all of you guys. Um, but you know, that's kind of you know, that's kind of my reasoning for it. I mean, hey man, like uh, I like Doug. Um I wouldn't make it my number one, but I like Doug. Well I, I wouldn't like either. <laughs> 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 like, it wasn't my number one. Like, my number one was Batman. Hey, it was. <laughs> I, mean, I think all of our number ones were Batman. I mean, does anybody got disagree that that animated series was like for I, sure the top of list? Oh yeah, I actually do disagree. I wouldn't put Batman the animated series as my number one. Okay, cool. Uh, what would you pick? Um, I actually for my number one, I actually were, I'm gonna go with something that everyone loves but doesn't realize that they loved it at some point more than Batman the Animated Series. Like, we as a society love Batman the Animated Series uh, for two reasons. One, because it was truly just a great cartoon. But for two, we love it so much because society tells us that it was the greatest of all time. 
But there was a show in the 90s that easily could have given Batman the Animated Series um, a run for its money. And it was Gargoyle. No, Gargoyle? Spider-Man. Spider-Man is in my top five, mainly because, and this is me being a homer, we had Ernie Altbacker, who actually wrote for a few seasons of uh, Spider-Man, that that animated series. He wrote a few seasons. He was the, uh, the lead writer. So I'm a homer oh, cool. in saying that it has to be in my top five. But Gargoyles easily on any given day could give Batman the Animated Series a run for its money. I'm not saying it's, it's like way better or anything, but I don't think anyone that makes, that makes this list could say that they saw Gargoyles and didn't after every episode go, I immediately need that next episode, quite like they did with Batman the Animated Series. Um, both were equally great. Both had really good voice uh, voice casting. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, Tell me about it. Gargoyles, to me, was epic. And it gave birth to one of the greatest fan casts ever, which is Idris Elba as, uh, was it, Goliath? That, that, to me, is just like one of possibly the most spot-on fan casts ever. If they were to... It said someone say, named Keith David played Goliath. Yeah, Keith David did, did play Goliath, but I'm saying if they did a live-action movie of oh, Gargoyles, he just would be the perfect. Oh, I was like, yeah. I was trying to say, yeah, yeah. like, wait, what? My bad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, 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 yeah, no, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. You. I'm with you. I should have explained that better. I apologize. Um, but, yeah, that show was just so – I thought it was I thought it was well-written. I thought it always mm-hmm. – I thought it didn't have too many, like, filler episodes to where you're just like – Oh, this is like this is a week I can miss. You know, I'll tune in it next felt week very or something. Episodic. Exactly. Yeah. It just like Batman the Animated like, Series did. Like I can't remember that many filler episodes of Batman the Animated Series because I just loved every episode. Um, but Gargoyles to me just felt like it was on that level. Uh, like if anything, it's a one A one B kind of feel. I just I always thought Gargoyles played on an epic level. Um, that really nothing outside of Batman the Animated Series was on at that point in time. Maybe Spider-Man, if you want to add that. But I thought Spider-Man was unfair because you had episodes where it had the Avengers, it had the X-Men. Like, it had so many different things that made you want to watch Spider-Man outside of just Spider-Man. Gargoyles had to rely on just Gargoyles. And it wasn't like Gargoyles had a comic like 30 years ago that you go, oh, man, they made a cartoon out of that. Like, no, they had to just build from that. And um, yeah. I thought from what they were able to do, that show was just, to me, was to me is my number one. And that's one movie that I think if we can get Zack Snyder and just a really good writer, like don't have Zack write it. Just have Zack direct it. Don't have Zack that write would, it. Yes. That yeah, would don't have David it. Or David S. Goyer for crying out loud. Or Goyer. Get Even though Goyer does... Goyer does have uh, a few good ones. He has a few good which ones. Which one's a what's a good what's a good David Goyer? Hold on, let me bring up because I did see. If a you David say Dark Goyer. Knight, I'm I'm gonna freak out because he didn't write that. No, he didn't write the Dark Knight. <laughs> Hold on, um, but no, what, what I was saying while I looked that up um, is Zach's vision for yeah. this dark totally. and, and and you know dark feels like that. Like picture Watchmen, but with gargoyles. That'd I think cool. Zach could easily, oh, easily knock that out of the park and just make that just so gritty. And honestly, hey. I wouldn't even want it to be a movie. I'd want it to be like a series on like 
Netflix or HBO or something. Like, yeah. just, just completely draw out that story of those characters. And I'd rather it be something like then to make a movie and then it's like we have to wait every two or three years to get, like, a part two or part three. Nah, I'd like a season base so I know, like, next year we should be getting one. You know what I'm saying? Um, but let me see. David oh, Boyer. Yeah. David Boyer has, has, has some some things that he did that that were good. Can't just crap on the man. First of all, Krypton is just dope. I no, I really that. liked David Goyer until I really started analyzing, you know, some certain things about it. Uh, like wait. what he did with Blade Three, he wrote, he wrote and directed that, and he took the franchise down the toilet. All right, so, so I mean, listen, he definitely wrote. Um, he definitely wrote. Uh, Batman Begins. He um he wrote Man of Steel. And I have no issues with Man of Steel. It's saying he wrote. Bla- it's saying he wrote Blade. Uh, and, it, and it's saying he wrote Constantine. And I don't think Constantine was a bad show at all. I thought that was a really good show that was really starting to catch its its stride. And then people just no. Like, are you sure it wasn't Constantine the movie, it. not the show? Oh no no no! Man, I, the people I, I, Blade. Yo, Blade is dope. And so was Blade too. Come on, he can't call us uh, out. I'm not, I'm not writer. I'm looking at his eyes right now. God, the mother. Uh, you guys don't understand. Like I've got, I, I'm not, I'm not. You're, you're right. I do like those for entertainment value. But if I was going to like narrow down my favorite screenwriters, he, he, there's, you just, I, you gotta trust me, guys. Like he, he. For every one good movie, he's got bad ones, and and not everything that he's got a writing credit on. And sometimes the way the movies work, guys, is they bring in other writers that don't get credit. I've done spec work and been paid, and my name's not on it. And I did it for WB, and that's all I can really for uh, CW, and that's all I can really say. And I I wasn't a credited writer to it, so I don't get credit for it. And David has had his script cleaned up a lot. He's not he's good, but he's not you know he's not that great. And for me as a filmmaker, like I I did really like him, but I mean not to just I don't want this is not about that, but I'm just saying if you dig deeper into it, for me as a as a huge film fan that I am, uh, there's things that bother me about about his filmmaking style, I guess. And, and, and just kind of the way he portrays himself. Uh, I have friends that know him personally. He's just an, a douchebag. Well, I mean, <laughs> Quite I, I'll, speak on, I'll speak on the, the end of, of his writing. All of his writing is not, not good. I mean, I completely agree with you. I, 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 didn't, even, I didn't even mention him. You were telling me, uh, <laughs> please tell me you're not going with David Goyer. Uh, that wasn't even a thought of mine as, as far as who I would like to, to write. Uh, a Gargoyles film. So, no, he wouldn't be in, in my list of, of, like, five guys that I'd want to write. But I'm not going to poo-poo on the very few things that he did do that I thought were really good. Um, like, mm. I had no issues with Man of Steel. If he did no, actually like write Blade, if he did yeah. actually write Blade, I had no issues with Blade. Um, you know, Love so Blade. if he did do Batman... He wrote he Blade did. Trinity also, and that movie's horrible. But he, he wrote Blade and Blade 2, like... I mean, Those I'm going to be good. honest with you. Blade but Trinity, Gio, I thought Gio was... Del Toro, Del Toro made, made Blade 2 what Blade 2 was. Like, it's See, the, it's the, you want I, another funny you know, thing? 
Do you want to know the funny thing? I'm not a fan mm-hmm. of Blade 2, not even in the slightest. Not even. If I had to pick an order, it would go 1, 3, 2. Not a fan. Really? Not oh, a my fan God. Of that is thought, actually kind of refreshing to hear. I thought Guillermo, surprising. Instead, of, instead of continuing the world that they created for Blade, I thought he decided to enter his world. And, you know, that's, of course, what you expect from a director, but I thought it was too Guillermo del Toro. Like, it was too much of him. It felt, you know what it felt no, like? I hear it you. Like, it's, it's, it yeah, felt like right. Blade was in Hellboy's world. And it was just like, I, I didn't kinda, like that. I wanted, to, I wanted you to stick to what the first one created. That. So, I mean, I'm I gonna, that's my that issue with the second one. No, no, no. I'm not I'm saying the second one was bad. I just, it's not, I didn't think it was better than the third one. I thought point. the third one not only captured humor, but it captured just really, that's how Blade is to me in the comics. Just how ruthless and just, like, crazy great uh, they portrayed Blade to be in the third one. Although, I, I won't argue with you, the writing definitely was just like, ugh. Um, Ryan Reynolds, I thought that was his audition for Deadpool. Um, and I thought Blade was just phenomenal. Uh, in that movie, they they just portrayed him very well, um, and I love the way that it ended, and I love the villain. So to me, the writing um, I agree wasn't the best, but I just thought it was an overall better movie than the second. But I'm sorry, Leo. Go ahead. I'm a. Uh, fair I'm enough. A ring. Uh, um, I'm sorry. What's that, Isaac? Go ahead, man. Oh, oh um. I'm going to kind of rain on y'all because I know we don't have enough time to get into it, but um, I just wanted to make this real clear. Um, I don't know too much about Blade, but what I do know is that I despise every single solitary thing about Man of Steel. I think it's one of the worst movies to ever encapsulate Superman. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. Really quick, really quick. You would say that knowing Brandon Routh Superman Returns exists? Hey, I like yeah. that. Hey, hey, hey. I'm not defending what he just said, but I like the Brandon Routh Superman just a little bit. All right, continue. Oh, no, sorry. No, 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 no. Just hold a little on, bit, on, just on. a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. Hold on. When I say the movie, if you liked him as Superman, that's fine. But I find it hard to believe, Isaac, that you believe that movie was a oh, better gosh. movie if you want to tell me you think his interpretation of Superman was better than Henry Cavill's, I disagree, but I'd respect that. That's fine. You know, he was the ultimate Boy Scout kind of, kind of thing. I can respect that. But writing-wise and story-wise, you thought Superman was – I mean, you had it to where out of nowhere Superman's son is throwing pianos. Like, so much about that movie was just a head-scratcher. I was talking about it. Henry Cavill. You're so, oh, you I don't like Brandon Henry Ralph. Cavill. I think Henry Cavill in Man of Steel is the worst thing created. You can't really blame oh, Henry for that, though. You're saying Man of Steel, the movie, or Henry Cavill as Superman is what I'm getting confused at. I'm talking about well, the writing of Man of Steel. Henry Cavill starring as Superman in Man of Steel. So, I think okay, the writing... It's awful. This is my this is my last question. You thought the writing of <laughs> Superman Returns was better. I'm not saying that at all, actually. Okay. Um okay. I wish but I could I wish I could say that, but I've never seen <laughs> it. But 
No. Listen. No, the writing in Man of Steel is disgusting. It's sickening, and I hate what, pretty much what all about, of Man of Steel. What, what about it? What, is it because it's not true? It's not true to the comic. No, that's actually not it at all. I'm getting really. Um, long story short, the yeah. philosophies that, that that they give Clark Kent and the reasons he becomes Superman are so steeped in nothing but guilt and shame for his powers and only standing up, not because he's normally Superman and he knows it's the right thing to do, but the whole movie, they have him trying to shun himself and shun himself, and then he gets up and he moves around his own moralistic integrities. He promises not to kill, but at the expense of a hundred deaths at least. The, the city was completely destroyed. And what? When did he, he promise not over to kill? The fact that he, I thought he said it somewhere in the movie. But even he so, that's, still not, his, that's still not his MO. Yeah, I know. Well, I get you. I mean, I'll say How are you going to know you don't like killing until you kill somebody? Because he wasn't trying say, to kill Zod the whole fight. He was just trying oh to stop him. I'll say really You're quickly, right. and then I'll pass it back to you, Leo. But I will say this. Um, I do want us to have this conversation again, like, expanded. I do want to say really quickly, I loved what Goyer and Zach did with Superman because the Superman we oh. know is the guy – who's always wanted to be the hero. He's always wanted truth, justice. He's just always wanted it. I thought it was unique to get a Superman who knew nothing about his powers outside of the idea that he had, he had ability. He didn't really know the extent of them. And I love that his parents were like, if you step out in this limelight, they'll never let you be normal. And we think you deserve the opportunity to just be normal. Why do you have to – just because you were born with the ability to do something doesn't mean that has to be what your life goal is. So if you want to grow up and be this reporter, do it. You know, why not? Do something, you know, create a path for yourself, not one that you're destined to be. Um, you know, create your own destiny. And I love that his dad told him, instead of showing the world that you have abilities, I'd rather, I'd rather give up my life so you can have one than to let them take you and make you into something that you don't want to be. And I love that. And, and, and to everyone who's saying, um, you know, he kind of had the ideas of, you know, I don't want to kill and then ended up killing Zod. Picture if you woke up one morning and someone was like, hey, I need you to save Earth for me. And, oh, by the way, I need you to do it knowing that you've never used any of your powers. That's what happened to the city is exactly what I would what I would expect to happen ten times out of ten. Ten times out of ten, you've never once used your powers, and we're now asking you to go up against people who are well experienced well, fighters in their in their field. I would expect that to happen a million times out of a million times. I just, the destruction of Metropolis is, is not really a solid argument when you're Benny? arguing whether or not man. The, talking about the destruction of Metropolis is not a valid argument, I think, in whether or not Man of Steel is a good or bad movie. And I personally think that I love film, and you can disagree, you can love a movie or hate a movie. I think that's what's great about film. But uh, to use, I, I just think that a Man of Steel gets a lot of unwarranted hate, and yeah. the the destruction of grounded in reality. I thought it would. In reality, those two could have done a lot worse. I think. I mean, shoot. 
but a level day. Mm. So, and, you know, he didn't want to kill Zod. He had to kill Zod. And that's the, that's the world we live in, man. We do a lot of things we don't want to do. We have to do. And we got to live with it. We have to do. Yeah, geez. And, unfortunately, you know, Man of Steel, you know, I'll, you know, Batman vs. Superman Justice League, whatever you want to say happens after Man of Steel. But I think that there's good reasons to not like the film, and I think there's good reasons to, to actually appreciate it. So I think it will be a great topic I mean, to have another discussion for. Wow, yeah, I, I, um, I w- I'm thinking I'm gonna have to go catch that catch that film again. Um, I will say it's this. been a while since I will I've seen say, Man of Steel. I will I just say, watched it a few days um, ago. I will say it's obvious Zack Snyder is was was better is better used for Batman than Superman. He obviously doesn't fully get Superman the way that he fully gets Batman. So maybe he wasn't not the, the best way that guy. yeah. To have he maybe he wasn't it. the best guy to have to lead uh, the charge w- with Superman, but his his ideals on wanting Superman to be normal, wanting him to to want a different life, but then but then to be thrusted into becoming a superhero and then embracing it um, and learning on on you know as he goes, I thought was just great. I thought that's how you explain a modern-day Superman. That's how I feel like, what if Superman the would world be hated if he Superman. was modern-day. Right, yeah, what if the I, world I hated and feared Superman? Yeah. Because we would. Let's just be real. If that exists out there, guys, we'd there would be a lot of people, a, a lot of people afraid to death that something like, and someone like that exists. Other countries would be scared to death of America because we harbor that creature it wouldn't be it wouldn't be all sunshine and parts but that's not the essence of the character and it wasn't fully portrayed on the screen like all of you know that the character has been in the comic book so i can understand the uproar but all right i like i like i hate to cut you off uh we're, we're getting really close to the end of the episode um but i i do want to say Jamal, i do agree with um gargoyles um did anybody want to go against that no. No, Gargoyles no. is dope. Gargoyles no, awesome. yeah, that could, so that could definitely be our list top for this week. I don't know if you had any plugs for Geek Vibes, Jamon. Yeah. Um, I do, but I don't think I can talk about it yet. But I'll just say this. We have something huge coming um, in a few weeks, literally like a few weeks from now. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, wow. I'm super excited, man. Keep me posted. Yeah. Um, but but Isaac, Chris, man, it's been great having you guys on the show. You're, both of you guys have great energy that you bring to the panel, and I, I really enjoyed really enjoyed debating with you guys today. I mean, this was I, – I, I'm sure I'm not the only one thinking this, but this was kind of a hard one to limit down. It was. Yeah. It was a very difficult I, list. Definitely. I think there were a lot of varying opinions. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's – I mean, you could we could do a top twenty of these and have plenty of choices still. <laughs> yeah, and we'd still be we'd still be at each other's throats. So I think it was great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, yeah, it was great for, having you, man. Thanks for joining us, and Isaac. We will see y'all next. What's that, Isaac? No, I was just gonna say really quick, Isaac. We will have this uh, this conversation about uh, uh, Man of Steel again when we can flesh it out a lot more. I would love to. I would. I would love to have a dialogue about it. It sounds. Oh yeah, amazing. me too. That would be great. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I cool. would love to hop in that too. Perfect. I'll set it up, guys. 
All right, guys. We'll see y'all next week for top ten. Thank you. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.